and we have no rights because we're not even seen as equal we're not even seen as a human being and even at the time that the constitution was written the whole premise around um equality and land of the free and all that kind of bullshit was for free people at that time black people were not free you're listening to the gangstar creative podcast where we talk and share real strategies real tactics and real stories from me and my badass guests to help gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life and i'm your host Ivana. i'm an artist creative entrepreneur speaker and best-selling author are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist if so let's get it What up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Devana, and this episode is a little bit different, well, actually a lot different than what I'm typically used to putting out, Um, and it's in regards to everything that's happening right now, as far as the Black Lives Matter movement, as far as all the protests and seeking justice for the death of George Floyd, and I felt it was not right to really promote a episode this week around what I typically do, where I interview a guest. Um, and share their episode and things. And even that guest that I was going to share this week, they were even like, I just don't think I'd feel comfortable promoting myself right now because there's a lot of bigger things to worry about and talk about. And I totally agreed with her on that. So this week, I know it's a little bit later in the week, but it's just been a tough one, emotionally draining, mentally exhausting. Um, And I just wanted to hop on here and use my platform as a person of who is a leader, as a podcast host, as somebody who has a platform and people that follow and listen to me, I think it's very important for me to share my stance and share the things that I know. Um, And I think it's very important for you, Gangstar listeners that are listening, to use your platform and use your voice and say something and stand up for what is right and what you believe in and what where you stand on the matter. Because right now, this, this thing that's going on is not going away. I really feel like with everything that's going on as crazy and sad and devastating as it has been, things are shaking up. The world is changing. There's shifts being made. Change is happening. There's a lot of fucked up shit happening too. Um, but at the same time, right now is not a time to be silent because your silence is going to be loudly heard. Um, and people who are your friends and family that really care about this issue are gonna see and hear that silence. So I know people are scared to not say the right thing or not do the right thing, but what's important is that you try to say what is on your heart. You try to do your own research. You try to do what is right as a human being on this planet in this nation. And so I thought it'd be a good podcast episode for me to record and bring in my husband Kevin Stimson yo yo what's happening say hi who is a black man 31 year old black man <laughs> and um, if you don't know I am Filipino and white we are in an interracial relationship we are from the south we are from Virginia Virginia Beach Virginia to be exact and we have our own stories and experiences to share around racism around abuse of police power around everything that's going on and what's really cool is that my husband has been working on his new business called the black boss and he just released his black boss show podcast today Um, so you can go check that out it's basically all about empowering black entrepreneurship and building black wealth 
generational wealth for the black communities for the future. Um, and you can talk on that. I feel like you can, we can probably end this conversation with an uplifting thing about that. But yeah, yeah, I think that'd be good. Kevin, because of that, Kevin has been, you know, doing his research and learning about his black history and of course being married to him, being in the same house as him, I've been learning as well. I mean, something- Let's pause real quick. I just want to just yeah. jump in there. Many African-Americans and black people just don't, we don't know our history. Like, just imagine you're living your life, you're doing your thing, you're good, and you're just uprooted and taken by a group of people, and you're transported somewhere else, and you're stripped of your language, you're stripped of your um, religion, your culture, your culture, and just literally every, and even your, your family. Your right? identity. Like your identity. You're stripped of everything, and you got to learn a whole new set of rules, a whole new set of belief systems and, and ideologies. And so there's a lot of black people who are 100 years old, 90 years old, 80 years old that are still living today. And they don't really know their history. Well, I would even go as far as to say maybe they're closer to knowing their history than someone who's 60 or 50 or, or 40. And again, we don't know our history because when we were brought up in, in teaching schools, guess what? Who Guess who wrote the history books? <laughs> Right. Like non-black people, white people wrote the history books. So obviously, um, you know, the things that we, we learned in, in school growing up is different than the things that are really true and really factual. And so that is the reason why I've really been getting gamed up over these last, you know, several months as I've been creating the Black Boss brand and, and movement so that I can be educated. And when black people can get educated, we can educate each other. Mm-hmm. But then we can also educate white people too, because mm-hmm. we can't we can't expect white people and also non-black people, no matter what ethnicity or race you are, we can't get we can't expect other people to understand if we don't know our history or if they don't know our history. Exactly. So this is why it's really important, especially during times like this, to listen, ask questions, and learn. And I think what happens is so many people, they just want to put their expectations out there. They just want to voice their opinions without actually listening. It's mm-hmm. almost like imagining your, because um, black people, you know, black people are fed up and, you know, shit kind of hit the fan. And it, it kind of was that line drawn. It's like, yo, enough is enough. Yeah, we had the pandemic. People are losing their jobs. People are out there struggling to, you know, feed their families, to make ends meet and then you know we hear all these different stories like Amon Arbery yeah. yep and um, then a week later the the what's her name the woman in the wood the Central Park that was yeah. you know calling the cops on um, the guy that was the bird watcher and saying there was a African American threatening me and using abusing her privilege for that and she and, knew what she was doing too yeah and then you know George Floyd I think was just the, the yeah. icing on the cake and everybody that was enough and is enough moment right there. And even, I mean, you remember, right? Like we had our, our little sister here from the Big Brother, Big Sister program. She's almost like a, a daughter to us, but she was here. Mm-hmm. And um, Devon and her, they're out in the living room. I think Devon is cooking. They're just like chilling out. And I'm over here working and I go on Facebook and um, I see the video. Mm-hmm. And this video is like an eight minute long video. And seven minutes of that eight minutes is literally the police officer putting his knee in, like, on the neck of the, um, you know, of uh, George, of George, right? Like, 
that's what happened. And I'm just watching that. With his hands in his with pocket. His, wait, but here's the thing. <laughs> um, George's, like, he would, his, his arms was behind his back. Yeah. He was handcuffed. He had multiple police officers on him or multiple people on him, like, pinning him down. He couldn't do nothing. He One of those har- four police officers could have stopped it, too. Yeah. He couldn't harm anybody. Right, and especially when you have all of that weight, like especially with the knee, and like I said, if if you're really like scared for your life, you're not gonna have your hands in your fucking pockets. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen. And then here you see people telling them to stop, stop, stop. And you got some people on one side saying, "Hey, do something, do something." Well, let's let's play that out real quick. One person who's black, they say they try to step in and stop the cop from doing that what do you think is going to happen someone's going to pull out a gun mm-hmm. and then someone's going to get shot why because they got scared they thought that their life was in danger and then guess what another black person saw that and when it was like no stop mm-hmm. they saw what happened and then they just go into defense mode and then boom that person gets mowed down mm-hmm. and then another person gets mowed down before you know it this whole thing turns into a fucking massacre yeah and it all could have been prevented if motherfuckers didn't use their, like, power for for bad. I mean, there's two issues at hand here. There's the police brutality, the abuse of power. That's, like, a whole thing in itself that was at the core of what causes uproar. And then the second issue is just the racial injustice. This happens so many times to black people, to men, women, and even children police and just people are so threatened by the color subconsciously or consciously by the color of black people's skin and whatever their prejudices are from their life experiences or to whatever their parents taught them or to whatever they've seen on tv and movies and things these are all things that program us as we grow up and it was just seeing the brutality and then seeing that it was a black man like, would it have been different if he was a white man? We won't know. But the the fact of the matter is, he was a black man, and the the evilness of the look and the guy, the police officer's face when he was basically killing him and, res- you know, wrongfully restraining him, it's just like, you can't say that this was not, like, a hate crime. Yeah. And, you know, people think that racism ended... <laughs> Hundreds of years ago. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard that ignorance from people. And you know, and a lot of times it's not your fault because we're you not... You don't know you what know, you, you don't, don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And we're not taught the all of history. We're not taught, you know, the right types of history. We're not taught black history. We only learn about, like, the slavery and... Under, uh, Man, we learn, <laughs> like, a tidbit. Like, if you think about black history... Martin Luther King. We, 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 you learn about, hey, guess what, guys? There were slaves. When we came to Virginia, <laughs> we, 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 you know, we had the tobacco and we had this. Yeah. And you had slaves working the plantations. You know what a plantation is, right? Cotton. <laughs> That's what we learned. And then we learned about civil rights. We learned about your Malcolm X. And we learned about Martin Luther King. And we learned about the Underground Railroad. And mm-hmm. we, we, we learned about these different things. But that was it. Very surface level. Yeah. But we never learned about the psychographics of all of this. Mm-hmm. We never learned about the trauma that has happened from this. We never learned about the true 
true, true facts about how this happened, nor why it happened. Mm-hmm. That like the why is definitely not going to be taught in school because mm-hmm. if that was shared, then it would make our country look bad. Exactly, a hundred percent. And then so you definitely like, and then you know you have those people out there who just like you know, who knows he was a he was a criminal, and um, you know he had a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. Blah, blah, blah. It's like first off, motherfucker, let's think about this real quick. Who knows? If the $20 bill right now or a $1 bill in your pocket is counterfeit. Because last time I checked, when we get money and, and money just transfer hands, we're not checking. We're not running it through some system or machine that says, ding, 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 this thing is counterfeit. Or ding, 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 this is a real dollar bill. That's not happening. Two, I don't give a flying fuck what someone's history is, what someone's path is, or what their... Um, their yeah, what their history is like. Even nothing. if he did have a counterfeit bill that did not call for Dude, him to die, he could have been a gang member. <laughs> he could have like you know, I mean, you, he could have done some fucked up shit, yeah. and it still doesn't justify what just happened. There's white killers, and like, who was that serial killer that shot up a church and they fed him Burger King yeah. on the way because he was hungry and thirsty. Yeah. Like, yep. what the fuck is that shit? And he lit up people in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Like, think about that. That in itself is is privilege. And I think that what a lot of people do is they try to bring in politics. They try to bring in, um, you know, institutions mm-hmm. and conspiracy the- theories. The far left wing, the far right wing, Antifa. This organization, the- <laughs> that organization. Democrats, Republicans. There's this propaganda, there's this big um, agenda. Yeah. And in my mind, and I'm sure, Devon, in, in your mind too, it's like, there's nothing. Like, strip all of that away from one human being to another. It really just comes down to what's right and what's wrong. And the moment somebody tries to justify it and say, oh, I can see that, that shows that you lost your humanity. That shows that you lost your um, empathy. Because let's think about it. Try putting yourself in that situation. Try putting your loved ones in that situation. Let's think about it. When we're all kids, we, we we all have fucked up. We all have heat on us. There's many of us who have stolen before. There's many of us who have beaten somebody up before. There's many of us who have done something that we weren't supposed to do. Many of us, I've never, I can say, thankfully, I've never been to jail. But there's a lot of people who have been to jail before. There's nothing whatsoever that justifies um, someone losing their life like that. Yeah, by the police who is supposed to protect and serve. And they are supposed to have training to deal with situations like this. And lethal options are supposed to be your last option. But it's not. It's always like shoot to kill. Yeah. You never shoot to injure. Especially when it's a black person because they already subconsciously or consciously feel threatened immediately. Yeah. And so, you know, I know Kevin and I have had our experiences with racism and if racism didn't exist, and if you, even if you just take out, like, you know, people who are racist against black people, like, racism as a whole against all different ethnicities, you can't say that it doesn't exist if there's, like, 
people, like if you just talk to people who aren't white and you ask them, have you ever experienced racism? 99% of the time, they're going to give you a story where they have experienced racism. And then you have the, you have the right, you have the decision, you have the choice, you have the option to say, oh, you just playing the race card. <laughs> because that's what a lot of people do. You would be surprised. And shit, you may even be listening to this right now saying, in thinking, racism doesn't exist. You may be listening to this right now thinking that people play the race card all the time. Don't get me wrong. I do think that there are some people out there who do play the race card because, you know, some people try to hustle and and get advantage and and take advantage of a situation. However, most cases, 99% of the cases, if, if it's real, it's real. And what I would challenge people to do is listen. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a man to tell a woman how to give birth to a child. Or what that experience is like. Yeah, I would like, like we can't like a man you're can't being tell so a, weak like t- being yeah complaining about <laughs> we can't birth tell or you how to go about that process. We can't tell you how to feel. We don't. We can't tell you how to emotionally get through it because we've never been through it. But guess what? What's the thing that's going to help us understand? What's going to be the thing that's going to help us get it? Oh, let me talk to a hundred moms out there, or just that any mom. Just talk well, and listen. I'm, hold on. I'm, yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying talk to a hundred moms who have had birth and ask them what that experience was like. A hundred percent of the time, let's say ninety per, let's say ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time, you're gonna see a crazy amount of consistency and cohesiveness around everything that, that mom those moms are saying. You can be the ignorant person say, oh, well, I don't still believe you. Y'all just like crazy. Y'all drinking the Kool-Aid. Y'all just playing the mom card. Listen to how stupid that sounds. <laughs> Y'all just playing the, oh, I'm, I I was pregnant card. We don't believe that. Like, that's how stupid and ignorant it sounds when people say that this stuff doesn't exist or you're playing the race card. I wouldn't expect, um, like, a one, for instance, there's women out there. You have, the, let's say, the Me Too movement, right? There's women out there day in and day out who have been sexually assaulted by and sexually harassed by men straight up. And guess what? Most men think like, ah, there you go again. You just pulling out that card again. Mm -hmm. Oh, she lying. She lying. (laughs) She she should not have been. She should not have been wearing those clothes then. Oh, man. Like she she just wanted a promotion. Oh, I thought she wanted it. Like, listen to the the bullshit but behind that. And guess what? I guarantee you, and the reason why I guarantee this, I can go as far as to say that most boys, I'm not even going to talk about men, most boys in middle school and high school hit on girls. They try to make moves. They grab girls' butts. They touch girls. And they're they're doing that early on. And when it comes to adulthood, they're still doing it and they're not supposed to. And you would think that they'd be mature enough to figure out by now, like, oh, (laughs) shit. All right. Maybe I was an idiot back in middle school and high school. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to explore my sexuality. (laughs) Right. But it's like, yo, okay, there's it's time to draw a line in the in the yeah, sand. Yeah, you hear people's stories or you get smacked in the head about like that's not okay. Mm-hmm. You realize you have the empathy, like you just human nature, like 
you know what's right and what's wrong. You don't treat people like how you don't want to be treated. But how do you empathize with that? You think like, oh shit. My sister. My, my sister, my mom. mom. Oh, I got a daughter. Me. If you can try to put yourself sure. in that situation. It's kind of hard for a man Not to for put a woman, themselves but for, in I'm a just woman. talking about like just to empathize. As right. an empath, I am truly an empath inside and out. I can put myself in anyone's shoes, whether they're a man. Like if I had no relation, even like to people who I don't agree with their opinions, I can still empathize and put myself in that person's shoes. It sucks. But at the same time, it's just like you can still do that. Right. And put yourself in those shoes. Um so I do want to share like some of our experiences that we've had with racism for those that maybe can relate and feel, you know, once you hear this, maybe you feel like you're not alone or maybe who have never heard stories like this. I mean, I grew up hanging with majority, like I hung up, I grew up hanging out with all types of people. I was mainly like a chameleon. I can get along with a lot of people, but I hung out with predominantly black people. Most of my friends were black people. And so I'm not black, but I got to experience secondhand what it was like to be um, pointed out or what it was like to be experiencing the racism that they were experiencing. Being married to a black man, I experienced secondhand the things that he goes through. And because I am an empath, I can empathize and I feel like that's happening to me, even though I'm not the one that's necessarily being targeted because I'm not black. I I am there. I'm, I am your friend. I am your loved one. I support you and I do not support people being racist. It's like one of the things that has always infuriated me. When I was like in high school, like back in the day, I would always share like the stuff that you see being shared right now about racism and systemic oppression and all that. Like I used to share that stuff all the time on my Facebook because I knew that this shit was wrong and I wanted people to know that this was still going on. And I needed people to know that, you know, watching this, you should be able to kind of change your viewpoint on what's going on. Of course, like people back in the day aren't really focused on that. They're, they're doing, worried about their, you know, their everyday lives. And right now, everybody, the black community has everybody's attention, which is pretty awesome because this is why I feel like changes, um, being made. But anyways, going back to like our experiences, you know, I remember, well, one, just being Asian, I just remember being called a chink and the Chinese girl all the time when I was younger. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not even Chinese. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even look like a chink or, you know, it's just like, why would you even say that about me? I remember when we, when we first moved to Virginia and my neighbors were like, come up to the door and like knock and like wait for me to come and then they'd see me coming and laugh and then I could hear them whispering saying like oh that's the Chinese girl that's the chink it's just like you know just like little stuff like that is not okay being with um being having black friends I mean I can't remember specific exact stories but I've been around in situations where I'm hanging out with my black friends and some racist person whether we're at the mall or we're walking down by the beach like calling them the n-word and feeling that pain with them and feeling that rage with them people think that that doesn't happen I'm just like how do you not know Man, that that doesn't happen I was a freshman in high school <laughs> I was a freshman in high school in 2003 calling people monkeys and all the black derogatory terms you can think of. I have been there with my black friends 
feeling that and seeing that. In 2002, in 2003, at my high school, there was a race riot. A white dude dropped the N-word. And I and let me say this. I went to a white-ass high school. There's probably like, I don't know, 30. There's probably less than 30 of us out of a couple thousand people. And uh, <laughs> let's just say this. A white person dropped the N-word. And when I say like my school was racist, um, we lived in the South. Um, and we lived in Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, we had people who flew the Confederate flags. They had the monster trucks. They still fly Confederate flags. They still fly it. Um, people write KKK on the walls. They write KKK in the stalls. They say the end, they write the N word, um, in the stalls, in the bathrooms. yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's just what it was. Like these people was as redneck as it come, as racist as it come. But long story short, someone said the N word. And then before you know it, like. The black people just came out the cracks. I was like, I've never seen these many black people all at one time. Where did you guys come from? And there was legitimately, my freshman year, a black versus white fight. A straight up brawl. My freshman year um, in, in high school. And so for me, that was like the first time that I was just like taken aback by this. Like, yo, this shit is, is crazy. Um, what I would also say is like, yo... If you get pulled over in Virginia Beach uh, by a police officer and you are black and you are by yourself, let's say you get pulled over for not turning on your signal when turning. Or let's say you get pulled over by rolling a stop sign. You would literally get pulled over by a cop and then two cop cars will pull up, three cop cars will pull up, four or five cop cars will pull up. You got five cop cars rolled up on you share that time with you were riding with angelo yeah man um i was rolling with angelo angelo was uh he was a friend of mine we were just rolling around i think we just finished like playing video games or we think we was about to go play basketball we were just coming from playing basketball something like that and um angelo is is mixed like you couldn't even tell he was black like he was damn near white yellow like you (laughs) you just like yo who what are you but Angelo was was mixed, like 50-50, right down the middle. Um, but anyways, uh, Angelo was driving. I was in the passenger seat. He got pulled over. The cop made both of us get out of the car. He searched, like, both of us. And it's, and it's against your is, rights. You don't have to get out of the car. Yeah. You don't, you're not, you don't have to get out of the car. <laughs> yeah. And this was in front of everybody. Like, imagine how embarrassing that is. Like... This is a busy ass intersection, and and yo, he got pulled over for something like minuscule, like super little. I can't even remember what exactly happened. Maybe he tail light broke. Tail something. like something, something was. I think like his tail light was broken or something like that. Like something very small, and for both of us to get out the car and like all this other kind of stuff, it was it, it was stupid. It was it was wild. Um, I remember back in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Uh, we're going to uh, New York, and yeah. our way going to New York, New York is we take the the, the Chinese bus. bus. Yeah, we take the China bus. We pay forty dollars and round trip. We go from Virginia Beach to New York and back, and um, it was like midnight, right? Like it's a late night um, trip, so eight hour trip, and then you know first thing in the morning, next day you're in New yeah. York. You get to wild out, have a good time. His mom well, was taking me, Kevin, his twin brother, and our friend. 
who was a white girl. So you got three black people in the car. You got me, a mixed girl, and you got a white girl. And you got my mom. Like my, <laughs> yeah. my mom is as mom. My mom is as mom as it comes. To be a hundred percent honest, my mom she doesn't speed. She doesn't she drink. Doesn't she doesn't drink. Curse. She does. Yeah, she doesn't curse. She is. She's the most mom of moms <laughs> that you can be. And my mom is driving us. We're literally 10 minutes from leaving our home. Five, seven, less than 10 minutes from leaving our home. And um, I think she had like a, her taillight was out or just something, something stupid, stupid yeah. right? Like it was not important whatsoever. And um, what happened was my mom, we got pulled over and the cop came up. We had two cops, actually. One person beaming the lights uh, in my mom's face as he's talking to my mom. And then you had another cop, like, beaming the lights uh, all throughout the car. And, guys, we're we're young. Like, my mom at the time, she's, like, in her 50s. And then we're, like, 21 and 22, 23. Yeah. Like, we're, we're young 20 And he's, something. like, flashing the flashlight like, all yep. in the back of the seat. Like, it's me, Sarah, the white, the, the white girl, and then his twin brother. And I was sitting in, in the, the front. Back. Yeah, his twin brother. And then Kevin was sitting in the front. And they're all, like, flashing the flashlight in the car they're asking to see all of our ids which again what don't need to do that uh, we're not at fault we're just some kids in the back seat with our my mother-in-law um taking us to go somewhere and then like three two or three more cop cars pull up behind it there yeah. was already you guys there was already two cop cars behind us just check like harassing us really and then two more came up like trying to see if they needed help or backup (laughs) and then on the flip side of that they asked us all to give our ids yes i said yeah they wanted they wanted us all to give the uh, our driver's license so they can check it like why you just you don't do that right so that doesn't happen to a a car full of white people (laughs) no especially what a a a white mom driving with their 20 something year old kids uh at night yeah like it just does not happen yeah and so when we talk about white privilege it is as real as it gets right like let's think about it there's define what what white privilege is or just you know race privilege (laughs) yeah so if i were to think about what white privilege is it's waking up every single day, going about your life, and not having certain experiences happen to you because you're white. You're almost oblivious to anything going on because you're white. So, for instance, every black parent has to have the chat with their kids about being black in America. Like, every single parent. So Some most parents, parents try not to, and then something they, happens, and, and they then regret, they're forced to. Yeah, they regret not saying it, and they're forced to having that conversation. Correct. So yeah, I mean, absolutely, that's one hundred percent. So when we think about it, let's say this: a black person, you know, there's so many things for us where it's just like we can't do it, or we think about it, so we don't have focus and attention towards us, so that something negative can happen. So for instance, we are suspect around being out and about and we have our hood up. This is a hoodie. You're supposed to be able to wear your hood. But we can't wear our hoods without feeling like we're going to be judged or we look like a criminal or we look like a thug or we look like we're up to no good, right? So you have that. Um, We don't wear do-rags. We don't wear stocking caps. We don't wear wife beaters. Uh, If we're going to a store, 
we don't touch something and these are all rules again that you're you're told and you're like that's what we're talked that's that's what we're um actually taught when we're young eight mm -hmm. nine ten years old don't touch something if you don't plan on buying it if a cop pulls you over make sure your hands, hands are, are on the on dashboard a, on a dashboard on a steering wheel 10 and 2 like yeah it's there's all of these rules don't don't reach for anything you know be polite no matter what even if they're being disrespectful be polite to the police officer if you get pulled over um there's just all of this stigma even mm -hmm. running right like um amon uh, arbery he got murdered while running in a neighborhood and even for myself we run in our neighborhood all the time mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna lie i feel judged when i'm running around white people or what yo like i'm i'm a 200 pound black man i got muscles i'm diesel um and who knows what the projection or the image that people may have yeah. of me and people and on that on that subject, people are like, oh, he stopped at a, you know, a construction site on someone's property or he had a criminal record or whatever. Why are you even thinking or saying that? That's like you're justifying what happened. These two white men, racist men, like gunned him down, like chased him down and shot him and killed him. And let me let me <laughs> let me say how something real quick. Okay? I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100 real quick because that's how Dean and I roll. I am very successful. If you Google Kevin Stimson, Devon is very successful too. I'm successful. If you Google Kevin Stimson, you're going to see a lot of stuff. Um, people pay me five to $10,000 to do business or for me to consult them in business. Um, it's a $20,000 investment to even work with us from a branding perspective. Um, I have made over a million dollars in, in business. Uh, I get paid to speak. I speak uh, all over the world. Like, there's, I'm, I've been in Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur, Huffington Post. I'm, I've been everywhere. I'm on the cover of a magazine, right? So that's my image now. The image of Kevin back in high school was not who I am now. And guys, let's be, let's keep it real, real quick. Um, let's see. I'm 31. How long have I been out of school? I graduated in 2007. It's uh 2020 right now. 13 years. years. 13 years. I was in high school 13 years ago. And that Kevin was fighting people. Um, he was beating up people. He didn't give a fuck. Um, and he was a loose cannon, right? Like that was that was that. And people know me from all over the world, and they know that I have a good heart. They know that I have a good intentions. They know that I genuinely care about people. They know I want to help people. They know all of this stuff. Let's say something happened. Let's say that a cop fucking kill me and i'm not trying to manifest that put that in the universe but let's just for thought here let's say a cop killed me there's two images of kevin image one is kevin in high school kevin living a thug life fighting jumping people beating up people um i used to even i got caught stealing one time i used to like that was what i was doing guess what as you mature and as you get older, you evolve, you change, you grow, you transform, and um, you become a better person, right? Like, that's the goal for all of us. And then you have image two. Image two is Kevin right now. Kevin, who has a seven-figure business. Kevin, who speaks all over the world, who's been featured in Inc., Entrepreneur, Forbes, all over the place, and who has an amazing life, can do whatever he wants, and business is good, life is good, and you have that. Now, if I died at the hands or at the gun or hands of a police officer who was white, 
America and um, white news. people, the news media would possibly try to paint a picture of Kevin back in high school. Well, Kevin was this and Kevin was that and Kevin was this. But guess what, guys? I just told you you can Google me. Not every black person has the privilege of being Googled. <laughs> and shit comes up into just like, yo, like, yo, he was doing this and he's doing this. And oh my God, like, he was really a leader. Like, he was doing great mm-hmm. stuff. Not everybody has that platform and is Googleable. And the narrative yeah. is twisted to whatever photos and information they can find to paint whatever a bad, bad negative story, picture. To paint the excuse for why they deserve to get murdered and die. Yep. Like, yep. what? And that is, that's the difference here. So for Devon and I, it's very important that people understand there's no way that any human being should justify killing another human being for no fucking reason. Straight up. Yep. And, that's- and w- yeah. none of us, like even the guys who uh, murdered um, Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. they were not fucking police officers. They're doing a citizen's yeah, arrest. Yeah, they were doing a citizen's Like, that's bullshit. None of us have the power to fucking, like, Kill dictate someone <laughs> else's, like, de- life or death. Yeah, just because do I don't want to answer to you because I feel threatened that you have a gun doesn't mean that you fight and try to capture me and yep. <laughs> do whatever you want with me. Yeah. You know, and which is, like, to the main point of everything that's going on that's been making me sad and exhausted and upset and infuriated is like people are out there protesting you know for black lives matter for against police of power of abuse police brutality and if you haven't already you need to see and search for videos of all these peaceful protesters that are just using their rights or constitutional rights expressing that in all these cops and national guard and People of power are shooting people straight in the face with rubber bullets and gas canisters. They're spraying people for no reason. They're beating people up for no reason. And this is the exact reason why people are mad about George Floyd's death. If you, if you like, And that's why social media is so important. Yeah. Years ago, we didn't have social media. To have all this proof. And yeah. The and media, this is people on the ground. Yeah. The, the media is painting whatever narrative they want to, right? And a lot of it is like on the looters and... Um, the the rioters and yeah. stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, Martin Luther King said that rioting is, what is it, uh, the what of the unheard, like the actions of the unheard or like yeah. the result of yeah. the unheard. Yeah. People are feeling unheard, you know, especially when you're peacefully protesting, you're doing what America wants you to do, which is peacefully protest. And Colin, Colin and Kaepernick people, tried to peacefully protest. Yeah, and, and then people, people are shooting you in the face with rubber bullets and shooting canisters of gas and spraying you in the face when you're doing absolutely nothing wrong but obeying the law, people are going to riot and get enraged because they feel unheard. They're pissed off. They feel like they're... It's unfair. Like, I don't know how else to say it. It's fucked up. These are our constitutional rights. If the government doesn't like that we're protesting, maybe they need to pass a bill or readjust the freaking constitution so that we are never allowed to protest again. But right now, according to the law, we're allowed to peacefully protest. But without jumping into politics, like because of our leaders and, you know, the power and the things that are being said and whatever, it's just like a lot of these people 
police, people of power, authoritative figures that are supposed to be protecting and serving us are just, like, enjoying attacking protesters just because. Not cool. And it's not cool. And it's really, really pissing me off. (laughs) Thank God, like I said, for for social media. Because you got people on the ground. They're there. You can see from firsthand. And it's not a third-party narrated story. There are 20-year-olds. Like, this is history, you guys. There are so many young, old people that are getting shot in the face, like, getting their face cut up, having to get facial surgeries. For the rest of their life. And losing their eyes, you guys. These are, like, 20, you know, young 20-year-olds who are protesting, you know, standing for what they believe in because it's their right to. And because the police is abusing their power, they're getting shot in the face face point blank range with rubber bullets and canisters and there are people that are losing their eyes and they're in their 20s so for the rest of their life they're gonna have only one eye because the police fucking are abusing their power and our whole government is like corrupt and doing all this crazy shit and not taking action not doing what's right so that is why there's so much chaos that's why a lot of people are angry and mad People and that's are, why it kind of does sometimes, you know, allude to destroying. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's a cash 22, right? Like, we're business owners. You and would we, do that, too. We know people <laughs> who own businesses, and um, we even know people who have their businesses fucked up, right? And so, Devana and I, we do not whatsoever condone, um, you know, fucking up businesses and destroying stuff and burning businesses to the ground. We do not expect it whatsoever. Um, however... I also think that there's a caveat to that too, where it's just like enough is enough. And if you try to peacefully protest for such a long period of time, what is something that can make people notice and take action? Yeah. You have no options left. Yes. Like what else, (laughs) what else are we supposed to do? Colin Kaepernick, he took his knee and um, everybody just was just like coming at him talking shit. Um, And you know, he lost his career all because he, he took a stand. And now, four years later, here it is where people are now all taking a knee. Like, he did something brave. Uh, at the time where nobody got it, four years later, it took them to have to get it. And now everybody is, is backing him. But going back to the whole, um, you know, rioting and, you know, destruction side of things, um, it does come down to enough is enough. And we have, like, people are ready to be heard. Black people are tired. They're fed up. They're like, fuck it. And people... And- not just black people, which is why this what's happening right now is so powerful. People who white people and people who aren't black are seeing finally seeing the injustice and are educating themselves and talking to their black friends and family and colleagues and are just as pissed off. Yeah, but here's the thing: there's there's people out there who had their businesses burned down, mm-hmm. and they said, "You know what? I'm willing to be a part of history." And have my mm-hmm. business risk my business being burnt down for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Because let's think about it. Yeah, it sucks that, uh, you know, businesses are being burnt down and stuff is being burnt down and things like that. But if we look at, if we take a step back and we look at the bigger picture here. Somebody so much, lost their life. Yeah, someone lost their life. You can get your business back. You can get a loan. Um, you can get money. Like, you can get funds. You have insurance. Like, there's all that stuff. But you can't get back um, someone's life that was taken. You can't get back the 400 years of oppression and pain and frustration, just being tired and saying enough is enough. You can't get that back. And I can say, even though it is negative that 
you know, all the destruction has happened. Mm -hmm. I feel that beauty is also coming on the flip side of it. Obviously, like change I said, is happening. Change is happening. You do have people talking about propaganda and agendas and government this and conspiracy yeah. theories. You have all of that. And but, we're not saying any of that is right or any of that is wrong. It's besides the point. I don't give a fuck. What I yeah. care about is the change. Because <laughs> the change and the love between humanity. It's so beautiful seeing that so many non-black people are coming together and supporting the cause of caring around black people's and, and brown people's lives. Like, Well, let's talk about that. Then, One of my questions that I wanted to pose to you, because this is a big question that people don't know, is like, why do black, what is Black Lives Matter? Why does Black Lives Matter? And why isn't it all lives matter? Yeah, man. So it, it really comes down to this, babe. I say this, and I wrote this post and on I social media. And I say that not because I don't know. I say that for any of the listeners that don't know. Yeah. To be clear. I mean, let's take a step back and let's really think. If all lives mattered, there would be no Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. right? Think about this, my friends. Many of you guys may not know this, and I'm about to game you up a little bit. Um, but let's think about it. 400 years ago, black people were brought here as slaves. And um, America was built at the hands of slaves for free. Slaves were property. Fla slave, there was no difference between land, house, um, cattle, animals, or slaves. Slaves was nothing but a, a monetary transaction. You can move people. You can, oh, I need to liquidate this. I need a loan. You had like slave loans. Like, Trade my black person. Yeah, like you you had you had all of this stuff, which was just like fucking stupid, right? Um, and we come over here. We built this country. And we have no rights because we're not even seen as equal. We're not even seen as a human being. And even at the time that the Constitution was written, the whole premise around um, equality and land of the free and all that kind of bullshit was for free people. At that time, black people were not free. And we were being, uh, like our, our sisters, our moms, our daughters were being raped. We were being separated. We were being hung. We were being lynched. We were being murdered. There were laws, like hundreds and hundreds of laws that were put into place that would hold black people back from just being a positive, uh, um, a positive contributor to society. You couldn't own a business as a black person. You couldn't congregate in a group as a black person. You couldn't look at this out the same window as a white person. You couldn't fucking look at a girl. Emmett Till was 14 years old and he was in a grocery store. And um, let's say that he may have said something to um, a white woman. I think he Wh just looked at her. Yeah. White people something. White people saw, didn't like it, and they killed him. And the mom, and brutally he's for tor brutally. Tortured. He was tortured. Brutally. Like crazy. And the mom decided to have an open casket so that they could see the face. And Google this. Emmett Till. Um, and it's just... It's just crazy, right? So you have all of this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, even let's let's look let's think about today. Uh, so it's like, all right, cool, Kevin. Like that shit happened a long ass time ago. But what about today? Well, black people are still struggling because we have poverty, and why are we in, impoverished? And you know our financial situation kind of suck. But guess what? 
Let's say we want to buy a house. By default, black people get the worst mortgages than anybody else. We get the worst mortgages. We get the we don't even get business loans. Let's say we wanted to start our own business. We can't even get a business loan. Look up the term redlining. Yeah. From a real estate perspective, like we are we're fucked. And guess what, guys? This whole country was founded upon separation. This mm-hmm. whole country was founded around the belief systems of su- uh, superiority and inferiority. And it right? wasn't Black- until the nineteen. 19- the 1900s, which wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. It's like in our parents' and our grandparents' lifetime. It wasn't until then that these laws, there was some sort of, quote, like, equality and abolishment of these um, segregation and But hold on real quick. What, what also I want to say is, like, going back to this whole country was founded upon separation and white people being superior and black pe- people being inferior. The first eight out of 12 presidents had slaves like um i think thomas jefferson had 600 slaves at one point and let's let's be honest too like let's think about this uh, because slave was a money bet you guys didn't notice when we were colonizing america at the time that it was first being colonized and uh you know slaves were building and 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 reing up and all kind of stuff at the time that we were colonizing and as we're trying to bring other people over from like europe and things um for every slave that you had, you got a hundred acres of land. Think about that. Yeah, that's And crazy. then after all of our years of fucked up slavery, we were supposed to get our forty acres in a mule. Um, forty acres in a mule. That was supposed to be our reparation for slavery. Hey, guess what, Indians? We fucked your your shit all the way up. We fucked up. Here you guys go. Here's money to fund um your your reservations. And you can have this, here's your land. You can have X amount of your land back because, you know, they took everybody's fucking land. Then they gave them their, their land back. And then now to this day, Indians, they still have their communities. Black people, we don't have our own communities. We don't run any small businesses. We don't have anything. And so what this all comes down to is the reason why black people are so impoverished and we don't have any financial resources or anything like that is because we never got our head start like everybody else did. We never got our 40 acres in a mule. <clears throat> we never got any chance at wealth. And let's think about it. If the Constitution was written by people and the first presidents who ran this country and most of the presidents who ran this country uh, were racist, who's in control of the power? Who's in control of the banks? Who's in control of the laws? Everything. There was a, there was There were laws in place where if you were going to um if you were going to trial you could not like testify, testify against, against a white, white person, person. <laughs> think about that there's a lot of stupid laws i, I posted pictures from this book uh, what is it black, black power white wealth yeah that i mean black, black labor, labor my bad black, <laughs> black labor, labor white lo- yeah. uh, wealth and it showed all the laws that were set in stone you know against black people and i'll i'll share like a link to that um on the web, on my website, but it's just like a lot of these laws were just outrageous. And yeah. like black people were only considered three fifths of a human. Think about that. What does that even mean? So if <laughs> if all lives mattered, and our founding fathers of this motherfucking country said that we were three fifths of a person, 
And guess what, my friends? People still have those same ideologies today. Yep. It's... Because those are their great-grandparents and their great-great-great-great-grandparents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people in the deep south still have that ingrained in their veins. They have it ingrained into their thoughts and belief systems. They were taught that. And so they teach generationally their yeah. kids that. And people are, you know, this goes back to that saying, of like, oh, that happened so long ago. Like, get over it. But I was listening to um, a video that Preston Smiles had shared, you know, and he was talking about this topic. And he was like, take the Holocaust, for example. You know, when the Holocaust ended and Jewish people went back to Germany, do you think that people, the Germans were just like, oh, well, since, you know, all this stuff is over and Hitler's gone and all of this, like, since you're a Jew, like, I love you. Like, I'm going to treat you equal. No. They're just like, I don't, I'm going to get rid of all my beliefs just because, you know, the government said that now we have to, you know, respect Jews and treat Jews like people and human beings. No, it's a, it, and it's taken years for people to get over, you know, those prejudices. And a lot of people still aren't over those prejudices, which is why you still have like Nazis and neo-Nazis and stuff that exists. And it's like, so it's why? the same, it's the same thing for like, you know, racism in America against black people. It's like, okay, there was some sort of, you know, the civil rights movement, you know, in the 1900s and yeah, like some there's equality of some sort there's change and movement going forward but do you think that all of white america was just like okay and now we love black people i mean when when schools integrated people did not love that black people were going to their schools it was like people it takes time for that type of change and those ideologies to pass by which i why i think is so why a big reason why i think this is happening right now is because our generation, millennials, like Kevin's 31, I'm 29, and the generation under us who are now in the their 20s, like we are the future and we aren't tolerating this shit. And it's nah. us that is protesting and, and standing up for what's right. We are making the change. People would laugh at millennials saying we're stupid, but we're the ones that are like Movers out and there. Shakers. And shout out to even the people under us who are in their early 20s, whatever generation Gen that Z, is. Yeah, like they're out there too. And that's how you can tell that change is happening and And this is a worldwide stage um i think we saw that in all 50 states people have protested that has never happened in the history of the u.s (laughs) so you know there's been some fucked up shit that's happened but yo uh george floyd died and um he'll never be able to walk this earth again however i think his death is, is is made history and he's going to be in the history books mm-hmm. because this is a revolution um and regardless of what your political beliefs are regardless of what your conspiracy theories are or not uh regardless of what your things are your thoughts are around like propaganda and agendas and, and things like that i can say that all of this regardless of all the hate and anger and and frustration and da 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 violence violence so much beauty has come across it, like come from this too at the same time. Like there's countries and cities all over the world who are watching and participating in this movement. And this isn't even about the movement of just Black Lives Matter in itself, right? Because that's an organization. This is a belief system around the movement of humanity for black people in America. 
So you could say Black Lives Matter is this and like they're ran and led by that. Like da, 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 <laughs> they got this man. Fuck all of that. Because I guarantee you, ninety percent of the people who are protesting and being a part of all of this, just normal they, fucking people. They're just normal people that give a fuck about human beings, and they realize that Black people are struggling. And Devana asked about white privilege, and she asked, you know, like why why do Black lives uh, matter or why why don't all lives matter the whole point of all of this is all lives do matter but that's why black lives matter <laughs> yes and they're and speaking to all lives matter the issue at hand right now is is black lives mattering because we are dying at highly proportional rates compared to what everybody else is like as far as like getting killed uh, by police and officers and like just the injustice and just the uh lack of equality for people of color and and black people like your community is oppressed yeah it's (laughs) like it it just it is what it is and there's so many pictures that people paint it's like hey um let's say you have five houses in the cul-de-sac one house is on fire um and the other four are not guess what all five of those houses are dope they all have value and um they're important but one house is on fire right now we need to take our resources and uh, like get a fire truck and let's let's put this damn fire out because guess what if we don't it's going to burn down yeah and if all lives mattered if all those houses truly mattered in that cul-de-sac you would not let that one house burn down if you could prevent it from burning down yeah cuz it's like no no soldier left behind yeah. Your black people are being left behind. Let's pick them back up. Let's fight for justice. Let's fight for equality. Um, I was going to say something, but I don't remember what it was, and that's okay. Because I feel like we've been talking about a lot. We've kind of been all over the place, but I really wanted this just to be, you know, some of you have reached out to Kevin and I. Which Hold on. I think before you even share that, okay. I think it could. what we could share is, like, how can you help? Yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh, okay. But I was just saying, everybody that has reached out, like, thank you, like, checking in on us, asking, and Kevin, like, Kevin's been on the phone, like, having hour-plus conversations with friends because they really want to learn and hear Kevin's perspective as a black man. And I think that is so admirable and respectable, and it warms my heart because that just shows me there's change. People are learning about the struggles of black people in America and people are finally waking up. And this is what I was going to say. And I think white people and non-black people that are protesting to fight for what's right, they're seeing and experiencing themselves what black people have had to face and endure for the past, you know, hundreds of years. This injustice and police brutality that these protesters are facing and feeling it doesn't matter what color you are out there. If you're out there protesting, like, those cops, if they they're angry, you they, up. They, yeah, they lighten your ass up. And they know they're being filmed. They know everyone has their phones out, and they don't give a fuck. So imagine what these Feeling... people are doing yeah. to people where there are no cameras. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so going to where you were uh, wanted us to kind of go is like, okay, now what? How can people make a difference? And, you know, like, a lot of white people or people that who aren't black, who might be mixed like me or, you know, be Latina or whatever, are asking, like, okay, what can I do as a white person or a non-black person? You know, what? how can I say the right things? Do I say black people or do I say people of color? 
you know, what are the what are the right things to say? Um, what do people want? What do black people want? Yeah. So here's what I would say. First things first is to acknowledge that something's going on, right? And the the way that you acknowledge that something's going on that's not okay is by being a, a human being. Being a legit human being, again, take politics out, take external forces and factors and organizations and ideologies and belief systems and government and institutions, strip all of that stuff away and look and be aware and open and acknowledge that, yo, I am privileged and my life isn't the life that black people have to live every day. Understand and realize that if you're not black, you most likely don't have to worry about um, certain things happening to your children or have any certain type of conversations with your children. Um, realize that you don't have to worry about um, going out in the street and being judged and being looked at and being, um, you know, just having all of these preconceived notions about you and all you're doing is just like walking or jogging or running. That right there is just realizing, okay, I have privilege. When you understand that, then it's like, okay, I need to educate myself. So what we want you to do is we want you to speak up. But before you speak up, you got to educate yourself. What happens is you try to speak up without educating yourself. Then you sound up, you sound like you don't know what you're talking about. And you start saying things like, start, all lives matter. Yeah. And then you're like, man, we coming after you. Right. <laughs> and you don't, you don't want that. And that's not obviously what this is about. So from that standpoint, you educate yourself. There's books, there's podcasts, um, there are documentaries, there's videos. Guys, we live in an age where it's so easy to have access to information like never before. And I'm going to put some links um, in the blog post where this episode is posted on the website as well if you want to check that out. Mm -hmm. There's activists as well who that's their life's work. That's their life's mission. That's their life's purpose to... Um, bring situations just like this to the spotlight and share those voices and share those stories of the oppressed. So how do you learn anything? It's, it's like, hey, do your due diligence, do your research. Now, once you do your research, once you've acknowledged and once you've done your research, now you're able to create some type of um, vantage point, some type of perspective, some type of message, because now you get it. You empathize, you feel by you learning and getting educated on this stuff. Now you understand why. The reason why people didn't understand Colin Kaepernick's actions of taking the knee and they were throwing all that shit at him was because they didn't understand why. They thought he was ignorant. They thought he was rude. They thought he was disrespecting America. They were thought he was disrespecting the flag. They thought all of this stuff, it was un-American, all of these different things. And they judged them because they didn't seek to understand why. And now, four years later or whatever X amount of time later, since he's been out of the league and been fighting for his, his rights and, and our rights collectively um, as, a, as a people, now non-black people are getting it. They're understanding why. And that why is a big game changer. So once you understand why, you can empathize, you can feel, you can get that uh, compassion. I get it. Now, from you getting it and understanding and empathizing, the next step is sharing your voice. You have a message, you have a platform, share your voice. Post stuff on your social media. Get it out there. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. 
talk to your black friends have these conversations make a stand make take a stance because what's happening is like devonna said your silence is loud my closest white friends the ones who weren't speaking up i noticed it the most and best believe i fucking called them out on it and they're doing better right like but i had i checked them and um what you're going to want to do as well you're going to want to speak up and you're going to want to use your voice you're going to want to take a stand and draw your line in the sand now if you're listening to this and you're black what i want to share with you is you cannot hold non-black black people um hostage for jumbling fucking words and not knowing exactly what to say and uh fucking up their politically correctness because here's the thing, and white people and non-black people, if you say colored people, like, don't say that. <laughs> because, you know, that paints a picture where colored, like, back in the 60s, right? Yeah, and and during people. civil rights, it's like whites only and coloreds, right? Like, do not say that. Don't say that. That's, like, the only thing you don't say in the N-word. Other than that, you should be good. Black people, don't fucking come at white people for saying black people. Don't come at... um. Don't come at white people and non-black people for saying African-American. Don't come at people for saying even people of color. Like, there is a difference between people of color, right? Black is black. Mm -hmm. But also, people of color. I would even, matter of fact, I would challenge you guys. Don't say people of color. Just say black. Yeah, just say black. Just say black. Because that's what it is. Black people, we're black. We've been calling each other black. White people have been calling us black. Like, we get it. Everything we But we don't black. come at white people for saying people of color because they think that's what you want to. It's just like comment below or let them know like, hey, <clears throat> you can say black people. Like, and it's okay. Like, w- like we're allies in this. Empower. Mm-hmm. Like our job is, as, as black people is to empower our allies to support us. Empower right? and educate. And empower and educate. So um, people of color is pretty much all inclusive of people who have melanin. So it could be Indians. It can be... Um, Devana, right? She's Filipino and and white. You have your Latinas and Hispanics. Like you have you have everything, but black is is black. And the issue at hand here is is obviously black people. So what I would say is is say black. Um, and again, talking about you know for for us as as black people, let's not check our um our our white allies and our non black allies in this movement. Why? We don't want to come at them because we don't want them to feel like they can't share their voice. If they're so fucking worried about being politically correct and they're just like, screw it. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. And by if I were to say this, then this person would get mad. If I were to say that, then this person would get bad. I'm just not going to say anything. And then we just fucked up the whole purpose of this conversation. We have to do better at clapping. Like, thank you. You tried. But here, let's when you do it again or you do it next time, should say this instead. That's it. Like educate and like I said, empower because again, silence kills. We don't want silence. We don't need silence. Silence is a thing that's going to prevent transformation. We're on track for transformation right now. And that's why and, so much change is happening right now because people are using their voice, all walks of life and color. Yes, one hundred percent. So we want we want people to speak up. Um, and guys, black people, we've been educating ourselves for the longest time. We've been having conversations about this stuff amongst each other for the longest time. We've been fed up and stressed out and frustrated about this shit for the longest time. Meaning we've been, 
We know how to talk this talk because we, that's just what we do. This is completely like new. This is like new fucking territory to white people. This is new territory to um, non-black people collectively on talking about these issues. Mm-hmm. And so again, my friends, do your research, do your due diligence and, and things like that. See what other people are saying. See how they're communicating it. Create your own message. Create your own voice. Draw your line in the, the, the sand. Make your stance. And now you're going to get your voice shared and be able to reach the mountaintops in ways that we as black people can't. Mm-hmm. Because some white people just don't get it. And they'll never get it. Especially it's, coming from black people. They'll, correct. There's a they, better chance of them getting it, understanding if it's coming from you. Right. And that's where I was I was getting to that point. Like, it's hard for a lot of white people to, who, especially if they've just been on this certain path and this certain way of thinking for so long, it's hard for them to, like, you really put their feet into the shoes of black people. But if you as a white person or a non-black person, you're communicating from your narrative and your story in a way where you're painting the pictures and creating creating the metaphors and telling the stories in a way that is easy for other white people who just don't get it. But you communicate in a way where it's easy, easy for them to download it. That's where like the transformation and that's where the magic happens. Yep. And white people like, this is going to be not easy it's uncomfortable and hard oh it's gonna be hard oh it's gonna be not easy at all oh it's gonna be uncomfortable and so what if people do attack you so what if black people do attack you take that learn from it and do better the next time and and say this yo i'm trying don't say yo (laughs) like be you right you can say yo that's what you say but say i'm trying i'm i'm doing my best here and that, that right there means the, the world to us. And it could check that black person and be like, oh, I'm just being an asshole right now. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me, my bad, my bad. Keep, keep trying. Let me know if you want to jump on a call and I'd be happy to, you know, help you out if you need any help. Guys, we're in this shit together. And I feel like, and I know Devonna, you can agree that in 2020 right now, I mean, this has just been the most fucked up year that <laughs> anyone has ever Complete imagined. Trash. Oh my God. We're halfway through the year and literally nothing has happened. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if aliens came next. Man, you think, heard it here first. <laughs> uh, no, I think everybody's talking about aliens right now. Um, but my whole point in, in saying that is I do think amongst all of the, the chaos we are all coming together, even though it may look like from a media standpoint that we're divided. Mm-hmm. Or the super left, white, political, or I said white, right, left, right, political yeah. people too. There's, you know, you hear all these crazy things. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if it's right or wrong because I'm not looking into it or whatever. I'm whatever. not saying it is. Yeah, but that's like not the, the point. point. <laughs> the issue at hand here is humanity. Yeah. And us coming together and supporting um, the black community being heard. and being heard. That's I'd, all we want, guys, is to be heard. Yeah, even if all that crazy controversial stuff that some people are saying is true, <laughs> at least we can all figure that shit out and go to war with that other side or whatever, like together as one. Because right. imagine if we did, didn't get this healing or didn't get this this dialogue going and these conversations had and people understanding, like we would still be more divided. But even though people are saying that this has divided us more, 
it's not divided us more between like black and white. I feel like it's brought us closer together. I feel like it's divided us more between us the and racist, the government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like the racist ass motherfuckers is yeah. like, who are we separating them further? Yeah. And guys, take this into um, consideration too, because this may even help out when communicating what's going on. If we were to think about all of the causes at hand, every cause ever, they just want to be heard, right? If you think about the gay movement, the LBGT community movement, just want to be heard. They want to feel equal. They want to feel. They don't want to be harassed. They yeah. don't want to be targeted. Yeah, <laughs> women. Women. Women's yeah. rights. Women in the workplace. Sexual abuse. Sex trafficking. Having fair uh, wages. Being able to like even women's rights was happening around the same time that black people were getting their rights. Yeah. With, you know, being able to have. Uh, go to work and not have that stigma of just being a housewife and yep. getting paid decent salaries, even though we still get paid less than the average man. But that's like a whole nother topic. Health um, health care. Yeah. And not being able to afford medicine to take care of your, your kids and or your family and, and your loved ones and things just being so expensive. Like there's so many different things out there that exist. And all the commonality here is empathy and feeling and being heard. And once you believe and you hear these people's stories, it changes your perspective. It changes your 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 viewpoint. It changes the lens that you're looking through right now. And you're just like, ah, okay, I get it. Now what can I do to support? Yep. So take action. Use your platform. Donate to those organizations who are on the front lines and who are helping people who are protesting and you know, are helping the Black Lives Matter movement and helping with George Floyd and all the, everything. Just, I'll be putting a bunch of different links and resources that um, I've found and then that um, I've found that I haven't created, but like people are just sharing it. Like I'll just put stuff on the website that you can go check out yourself. You can also just go, if you haven't already done so, like follow me on Instagram at Devonna Stimson. I've been sharing a bunch of stuff nonstop to my Insta stories about everything that's going on, positive stuff, negative stuff shedding light on things um so and also sh shedding light on the topic at hand that we've been talking about throughout this whole episode so i know like i said this was an episode that was not typical but i just felt like it was necessary and it was something that i needed to you know discuss and i thought it was great to bring my husband who is black to uh, Thanks, bring on babe. the yeah to bring on the podcast and kind of just share with you my audience where i stand where he stands and maybe you learned something from this and um, I just ask that if you did, you know, send me a message, share this episode, um, and just take action and do do what's right. Let's just all come together. And I don't mean this in like some mushy kumbaya. It's just like, it's just real. Like we are humans. We should be equal. We should love one one another. We should always try to grow and do better, and um, you know, own up to our mistakes. And that's just what it should be like. And we can't do that without acknowledging the problems that are at hand so thank you to everybody who has been listening throughout this podcast if you want to follow kevin um you can follow him on facebook instagram um at kevin underscore stimson and also i had brought up earlier that he actually launched his new business called black boss and feel free to go ahead and share with the listeners what that's about yeah so black boss guys i'm so so excited about it just actually launched today um as we speak it's june 3rd and uh what's cool about it is devon and i you know, we've been living in a bubble and, uh, you know, our businesses are thriving. Life is good. Can't complain. Like just 
I'm living on top of the world. However, by me living on top of the world, I also realized that most black people and, and African-Americans are struggling financially. They're in poverty. And we're just like, if in order for us to be successful, we believe and think that we need to either be um, athletes or that we need to be in the entertainment industry. But outside of that, we really don't have no value or significance. At least that's what the media portrays. And so with Black Boss, it's all about empowering black entrepreneurship and teaching and educating uh, black people around how to create successful six, seven, and even eight-figure businesses and just create that legacy, create that lifestyle for yourself, being able to um, you know, create generational wealth and take care of your family for forever, right? Like we are all about having high quality of, of life. And um, I realize that a lot of black people don't. And my purpose and, and my mission is to, to bring that to light. And I, I want black people to also know that you may not know it, but there's literally tons and tons and tons of successful black entrepreneurs who own six, seven, and eight-figure businesses that live right next door to you, and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And what we do is when we think about successful entrepreneurs, we think of your Jay-Zs and your Diddy's and Dr. Dre's and Kevin Hart's and, and, and all the people who, Michael Jordan, Oprah, all the people who have come from the entertainment world or come from the athletic world and then transferred uh, into business. And so... What we're doing is we're, we're taking a stand. We're saying, screw it. We're about to be people who own businesses. We're about to be people who are smart and educated around finances. We're about to be people who are creating generational wealth and being owners of stuff and having high net worth and be able to create that generational fuck you type of money. <laughs> and so that's what I'm on a mission to do and, uh, and create. And uh, our podcast is called The Black Boss Show. Everybody go subscribe and Kevin's Thanks, Black babe. Boss um, movement and business and the podcast and everything. It's not about black versus white. It's just about him doing his part for his people and making that change. And so if you are not black and if you are white, you are more than welcome <clears throat> to look into everything. If the merch fits you, you can buy the merch. Just like Gangstar Creative, right? Yeah. Like This is for creatives, but it's not saying that non-creatives can't participate and join in on the conversations yeah. and Or and listen learn. to the podcast. You'll be learning. Yeah. You'll learn a lot. Learn from these awesome black entrepreneurs who are making six, seven, eight figures in their business. Um, and these are the stories that aren't really shared and highlighted. Um, so definitely go subscribe. Leave a review if you can. It's always important during the first eight weeks to try to get as many reviews to help with rankings for the podcast. So, again, it's the Black Boss Show. Um, So, definitely go and check that out, guys. So, I think we talked about a lot of stuff. If it was all over the place, I'm sorry. We just kind of had to let this off our chest and share our voice with you guys. Thanks Um, for listening. Shit. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, is there anything else you want to add or end with? Uh, nah, guys, this was this was dope. This was fun. Like <laughs> cool. D said, I'm gonna plug myself again. Um, go check out the Black Boss Club. Check out the Black Boss brand and Blackboss.co. Uh, Blackboss.co. <laughs> and cheers to everybody who are gangstar creatives and they're changing their life and they're changing creating the business. World. Yeah, they're they're changing the world. So cheers to you. All right, gangstar. So that's all we have. If this episode impacted you in any way, please share it. Send me a message. Um, and. Hope you are doing well and using your platform and sharing your voice. Um, Until next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. 
And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDF. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.